Hello, happy money, and welcome to our fun new podcast series. I'm Kinshasa, and I'll be leading you through our first session where I had the opportunity to sit down with two amazing co-workers and hear their personal stories on finance. So, in honor of Black History Month, I invite you to join us as we dive into Black finance with Keisha and Keela. Just remember, these are strictly employee stories and are not a representation of the Happy Money brand. Let's get straight into introductions. Um, guys, can you tell us who you are, uh, what department you're in with Happy Money, and um, how long you've been with the company? Absolutely. I think let's start with the OG who's been here for seven months because six months is OG status in any startup. <laughs> My name is Keila <laughs> Raymond. I serve as a principal people partner here um, at Happy Money, and it's been a fun, fun ride. I have the pleasure of serving um, the majority of our tech talent as well as marketing and strategy. Yeah, and I'm Takesha Schrader. I'm the Senior Director of Verifications here at Happy Money. I have been here, I'll be here a year on the 22nd of February. So almost coming up on that one year anniversary. Really excited about that. That's awesome. And I will be your host for this lovely evening. And my name is Kinshasa Msola. And I have been with Happy Money for five months <laughs> now. So I'm you almost the OG. <laughs> <laughs> the newbie, newbie. Um, so we're here today because we reached out to um, our a, a wonderful channel to talk about Black History Month, and we asked for ideas on how can we involve the company on um, getting you guys educated um, and celebrating Black History Month. And Takesha, our guest, came up with this amazing idea, and uh, which brought us here today. So Takesha, I'm actually going to go ahead and throw it to you to say, what was your idea? How did we get here? And then if you don't mind telling your personal story. Yeah. So, you know, when we're kind of thinking about things and, you know, trying to relate Black History Month and kind of the goals of Happy Money and what we're trying to do here, I was really trying to figure out, like, what's a good way to link those things? And I really wanted to take an opportunity for us to like give a little bit of information on like black money. You know, what is our history with money? You know, there's a little bit of racial disparities and inequalities that I think it's good to inform people of, but then bridging that gap and saying like, okay, you know, Keela and I, I think both have some interesting story, Kinshasa, you as well, you know, and bringing those stories to people, having them understand what that kind of looks like. And then also trying to give some tips and tricks for finance for, for everyone, right? Like, you know, this is a very Black History Month focused, but money tips are good for everybody. Yes. <laughs> I even love the way you said kind of like Black money because it, it is a, a bit of an issue uh, in, our, in our history for our people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being new to some of the advantages of money, uh, you know, you feel like you don't know how to use it. And a lot of times uh, as starting new businesses or trying to manage uh, the funds for like a great job that you have, like happy mm -hmm. money, you know, uh, sometimes I feel like we get the brunt of, you know, we're mismanaging a little more than right. others. Do you agree or? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I think that's like uh, part of my, my story and my journey, right? So 
Um, I know we talked about, I joke around time about being like, you know, old at this point, you know, being the, a, a 1980s baby, but, um, you know, my, my dad was born in 1944. So in the midst of segregation, all of those things, and even though, you know, we grew up in Chicago, Illinois area, which is, a, you know, a pretty open and diverse area, Chicago is actually super segregated. Um, and part of that history is because, you know, a prior mayor, you know, had the idea that, you know, we'd have these pockets within the city for people to, you know, stay with people who had common languages and, and mm. things like that. But if you really kind of dig into it, it's kind of it was a way to kind of continue that segregation, mm. right? Uh, but it made people feel good about why it was being done. And that just has continued and continued throughout the city forever. Um, and with that, you know, my dad's father died when he was really young. And, you know, for my grandmother, there's not a lot of work that a single Black woman could do, you know, in the 50s. Mm. She had a clean house. There's a lot of time that kept her away from home. And that generation of people also just didn't talk to their kids about money. So, you know, my mom, she immigrated here from China. She came from like a very large, poor family as well, with also a single mom. Um, and they never had an opportunity to learn about money. So I watched my parents struggle a lot, even when they got to a point where they did have money and they were able to be considered more affluent when it comes from an income perspective, they didn't know what to do and made a lot of money mistakes. So I had to grow up and like try to learn what I didn't think was right or see where they kind of misstepped. Um, and while they were very open with me about money, I got into the real world I didn't know. Okay. what to do when it came to money. And then I found myself after college, um, you know, separating from, you know, my significant other, becoming a single mom. Um, we fought about money a lot. That was our big reason why we didn't stay together. And, you know, I didn't know what to do. I understood paying bills and all that other stuff, but like how to manage that money, what happens when like your check doesn't cover all the bills for this month or, you know, for this right. or that, all that stuff. So I had to teach myself a lot about money and I'm still learning um, every single day. So I really wanted to be able to, again, bring that to the, the company and other people and try to at least show them things that I've learned right. and um, give them resources and things like that so that they can, you know, kind of take those and start educating themselves as well. Like that's part of the history of, you know, where we're coming from. We we started late, um, you know, like I said, 1960 wasn't that long ago. You know, it feels like it sometimes. Um, so trying to change that, you know, we're trying to change things significantly in a generation. Right. And that's a lot of work on our part. And I love that. And that's a, a great reflection of trying to change the future. You know, uh, Keila, I saw you giggling over there a couple of times. <laughs> if you uh, are comfortable, would you mind sharing your personal story? Uh, of course I'm comfortable. For the most part, I'm an open book, sometimes too open. <laughs> um, so my personal story with money is similar to, to Keisha's, quite honestly, you know, just growing up and coming from a family that did not have a lot. You know, my mom and my daddy um, actually never graduated high school. My dad ended up getting his, his GED when he was like, I don't know, 40 something and then a little associate's degree when he was like 50 something. Um, my mom still doesn't have hers to this date. Um, and just, you know, just coming from those very, very, very humble um, beginnings. Um, 
and I, I feel this now that I'm a parent, right? I can, I can uh, empathize with my teenage years and my parents, but you know, as, as parents, as humans, we do what we can with what we have. Yes. And we can only give people what we have. And sometimes we recognize what we have and we don't recognize what we have. And I, right. I say that to say my parents, you know, they would say things like, you need to have good credit. They would say things like, don't spend all your money. Even when I got my first mm -hmm. job, I worked at Burger King. You know, they tried to make me save. Um, that didn't go too well. Because uh, again, I ended up still having bad money habits. But they just, they, like, you know, to Takesha's point, you're, when you don't know, you don't mm -hmm. understand what, you, one, you don't understand money, meaning how it works. Two, which is why I was attracted to happy money as well, because I love the language of that money is a tool. That's mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. what, money is and when you come from very very humble beginnings you kind of look at money as a as a mini god and that is more than what it really is it's nothing but you know but a tool so my personal story is a lot like Takesha's of very 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 humble um beginnings but my origin story with why I decided to get better with money <laughs> And why I was like, enough is enough. I'm not doing this dumb stuff no more. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it had everything to do with me being an adult and me being in the workforce, quite mm -hmm. honestly. You know, my parents tried and, you know, they would say, and I would say they failed, right? Because they didn't really teach me right. about money. And I went off to be in the military to travel, live in Korea, do a lot of amazing things and still be really money stupid. Um, and it wasn't until I was in the workforce um, and this is ironic, as everyone knows, I'm on the people team. And so HR professionals get written up too. I just want to put that out there in case people don't know that. <laughs> but my leader was writing me up and she was writing me up around communication. And um, I heard everything that she said, but more than anything, I, I, I felt like a slave listening to that you know, and that was just the, the truth, you know, that like any change that happens in our life, be it weight loss, be it money management, like you're not going to change for real until you feel some pain. Mm -hmm. Right. And we think about when I think about black money and black people, you know, um, for the most part, we're not changing because we, we don't feel the pain, the paycheck to paycheck, you know, the impoverished communities. It's 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 our environment. It's a way of life. So, you know, it's not really painful. Like we hustle by nature. So we, we learn how to move around it or we learn how to move with it. You know, going back to the very, to the, to the write-up that, you know, my leader was giving me at the time. And again, if anyone knows me, communication is really my strength. So I thought that was ironic, but she's writing me up and I'm a faith-based gal. So, you know, just everything in my spirit was just saying, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything listen to the write-up, take in the feedback, but I just felt like such a slave because I didn't agree with it. I felt like it was a power play. You know, um, I had so many feelings, but overarchingly, I couldn't quit. My husband would have killed me. Um, you know, I couldn't be like, I'm done with this. And again, it's not lost on me because I'm an HR professional and I've been on the other side of that you know, supporting a leader around performance issues and things like that. I see all perspectives, all points of view. And just the motivation of after that, going home to my husband, sharing how I felt and just saying, I never want to feel like that mm. again. I don't want to be a slave to um, to lenders, right? To the people we, we go get debt. And right. I know that's our business. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and money. I'm not, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not missing that. 
Um, but just to be a slave and having to owe, you know, all this money or there's more money going out of our household than coming in, mm-hmm. you know, and at that moment, I just felt like I had to take something that I didn't deserve mm-hmm. because of my, the decisions I had made in my past. I didn't mm-hmm. set myself up, you know, in a place where I could have made a different decision if I really felt like wrongdoing was, was happening to me. So that's that's my origin story and my big like why I really decided to change my habits and my behaviors mm-hmm. uh, connected to money greater than just that moment of being completely uh, upset. Um, I look back at my kids and my legacy and I truly in my heart of hearts always believed that I wanted to leave an inheritance for my children's children. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's another part of my why, but those are just, that's just not to get to belabor a whole lot of points, but that's a little bit of my background, but also the, the impetus, right? The genesis for me saying, no, 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 I, and the hubby, we want to get good with money, right? Mm-hmm. As a tool. So yeah. kind of like kind of having your back against the wall, you had no options. And that was, I guess I'm going to call it your wake up moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. I love yep. that. <laughs> and I, and I totally, I totally had that too, you know, in my careers, like you feel stuck. Like I got to the point where I didn't want having to pay bills or anything like that, or make a purchase to be a stressful situation. Right. Like, you know, we were, you know, just, you know, talking before we started, you know, I, my fridge wasn't working right. And it was like easy for me to be able to go replace it. But there was a time in my life where I was like, oh my gosh, this fridge is going to die and I'm not ready for it. Um, and it's not necessarily like, you know, thinking back on it because I didn't have enough money. I mean, there was a period of time where I didn't quite have enough to deal with some of the spending habits of another person, but um, it's just not, not being good with it. And then, you know, Tila, to your point, getting to that, you know, I lovingly call it, and I'm sure other people, I'm not, this is not my phrase, I stole it, but it's that, that F you fun, right? Like you need to be able, like, if you are in a place where, you know, you aren't happy. My last company, I was unhappy. Um, And I had gotten to the point where I had had my last argument with my CEO and not having the support of other people because they were afraid to stick up for other people and all that other stuff. And I didn't, could not live and work in that environment anymore where I was stressed all the time. I was putting stress on my family and I could just say, you know what, this is it. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I quit. And I took the holidays and everything like that to be with my family before I came here to, to happy money. But I wasn't stressed about it. My husband was stressed. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a little stressed about it, but I wasn't stressed about it. And I'm like, you know, I could I could do this all year if we really had to. Um, I mean, we weren't going to be doing vacations and all that other stuff. We had to cut right. back. But, you know, just being in that place, like you said, that you're able to make the good life decisions for yourself and your family and not have to worry about what that means. Um, You know, we're all women on this call, like anxiety for us on a regular basis is real. We just live in that place. I don't need to add anything else (laughs) to that daily struggle. So um, yeah, I really like that. So we're talking about this. Was there, and I apologize for uh, for cutting you off, Takesha, was there a kind of, um, I felt like Keila had like an, an exact like moment and um, 
maybe you didn't. I don't, I don't believe I had either. I think I just kind of gradually came into it. But did you have like an exact moment, an exact awakening? <laughs> like the cloud open, the, the, the scene um, happened. I think I had a lot of many moments, right? Like I have a story of a person who tried and failed a lot of times. Um, you know, my mom sat down and kind of helped me the first time when she realized when I was in this bad place, my son's one, I'm struggling right now trying to figure things out. Um, and she could step in to help me. And she's like, okay, I'm going to start talking to you about budgeting because she just learned some stuff herself um, and taught me that. And I started learning things. I've had some books. I, I read The the Automatic Millionaire. Mm, um, book. Uh, you know, it's it's a little outdated now from a, from a resource perspective, but there's so many good nuggets in there and that it is the simple things that you do every day, you know, like that contributes to you creating that space for yourself and starting to build wealth so you can, you know, do those things. Um, the, another moment I can think of, I was actually in sixth grade. I don't know if you guys used to get those like news week, little mini books or people or time or whatever it was. And they had one on money and how it was like, if when you were 18, starting when you're 18, you saved a dollar a day and like interest compounds the way it normally compounds. You'd be a millionaire you know, by the time you retired, but like, <laughs> still, it's like a, do a dollar a day. That's all it takes to, to get to that point. Right. Um, and then, like I said, I, I tried different budgeting methods and I failed and I had to learn a lot about my spending habits. Like for me, swiping a credit card is not a good look. Like that's not how I work. Cause I, I, I pay a lot of attention to my bank account, but that money is over here. Um, and I wasn't including that in my budget and my spending. So like I would get to the, the end of the month and I'm like, oh, I'm going to pay this credit card. Cause I have it set to pay the balance every month. And I went, oh, wait, I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? And I don't have that. And I don't have it in my account to pay it right now either. Um, so I think there was just a lot of those moments over time that I finally, um, and then I, I realized I got to a point where I felt happy paying bills. Like I, it was a, instead of being a stressful situation, it's a fun mm. situation for me. Um, so I think there's just a lot of points where I think I've discovered a lot about myself over time. Um, like so let's double down on that, right? Because I think the average I'll say American, because we're in America. So I'll say that, all right, let, let, let me not segment into America, right? Across the world, the average human, right? Would be like, you're crazy. Who is happy paying bills, right? But that's my truth as well, too. Once I started managing, well, not I, you know, because it's me and me and the hubby, but, you know, once we started managing our money, well, like paying bills, kids asking for something, you know, giving gifts, like, just being generous became like, it's a joy for us mm -hmm. because, and what makes it fun is not like we really want to, you know, give energy. That's our, that's our electricity company. You know, like, do we really want to give them that money. It's just, it's there. So it's no stress, you know, there's no anxiety connected to it. Uh, and that's what make the process of paying bills or, you know, again, I follow Dave Ramsey. I know Takesha, you're familiar with him and many other people, but like, but I love that Dave Ramsey says is, you know, budgeting is essentially telling your money where to go. It's your money working for you. So mm -hmm. Takesha gets happy to pay bills. I get happy to pay bills or give gifts and do all the things because, I, you know, I work hard here at Happy Money. And so every two weeks when they deposit that good old check, thank you, Happy Money. Um, I get excited to tell that money where to go. 
and to tell that money how to work for me. I'm an employee of happy money. And guess what? My money is an employee of me. Ooh. And I'm telling it what to do and where to go, which is why like it's, that. you know, like she, when she said that, like if anything, again, this is true for any human being. But when I think about the black community, um, there's a level of peace that I know Takesha has. There's a level of peace that my husband and I have. And I want people to feel that peace, you know, when it's time to pay bills, you know, when the refrigerator breaks, the car breaks, all the things happen, you know, and, and this, what life really, what life really is, is the car breaks, the refrigerator breaks, and your boss just pissed you off. And then your kids acting up at school. Now, this is real life. Let's talk about it. This is real life, right? Mm -hmm. And so you no longer have the emotional capacity to deal with anything. And on top of that, you don't have the money for the car. You don't have the money for the refrigerator. And if you say something slick to your boss, they're going to come talk to Keela, which is <laughs> partner, right? So, like, you know, and that's when we feel like all odds are against us, but that's not really true. You know, the truth is, if we're diligent and we're wise in our decision making, all those things, we can't stop them from happening, but we can like ward against or protect ourselves for when they happen right like if you have the money one the car's not going to bother you two the refrigerator is not going to bother you three the boss may agitate you but if you got your fun you're like okay what decisions am I going to make mm, do I want to say this do I not want to say this and you do what your money can handle right do what your money can handle mm -hmm. um but again it should it's it changes how you live how you move and again it gives this element of peace that I want everyone to experience, but I have to double down and say, especially Black people. Wow, happy money. I don't know about you, but that was amazing. <laughs> I was sitting there taking notes. Look for part two coming soon.